0: You're listening to episode 120 of the god Center Mom Podcast with me, Heather McFadden, and today I'm chatting with Bonnie Greiner.
1: Before I had the children, um, I was newly married and newly away from home, and I felt alone in my life. And as I quickly had baby after baby, I felt overwhelmed, and I could not find an older woman. help me, to teach me, to give me tips to raise these younger children. And so I basically found myself when my oldest was five and my youngest was about nine months old, I remember the exact day, I went to bed and I was crying on my pillow. My pillow was wet because I was thinking during that day, I had spoken to each of the children, each of the four boys, more like barked at them. Did you make your bed? Did you brush your teeth? Did you put your plate away? But I remember specifically there were two of the four I had not even hugged or kissed. And I determined that that was not the kind of the kind of life I wanted, or the kind of day I wanted. And from that day on, things changed.
0: Well, things sure did change for Bonnie. She went on to have four more children, so that's a grand total of eight children—five boys, three girls. And from all that experience, Bonnie writes over at MomByExample.com, and she has written a new book called "There's an Easier Way: Twenty-One Ways to Lovingly." raise your children without regrets and Bonnie is here to help you know how much I love a good wise woman who can give perspective she helps us figure out what is important and what is not important and it may seem like she's giving you more to do but in reality she's helping refine the choices you make every day she even gets a little vulnerable and shares about her own struggles with being an angry mom and gives a very practical idea helping you with that Uh, she also talks through their discipline strategy of six non-negotiables and I have been implementing that this week and it has been hugely helpful she also encourages us to know our child's heart and gives us ways to do that and lastly to find the humor let's laugh a little more moms I mean it's got to be easier than all of this uh, trying to be the best kind of mom I will tell you that I read her book in a night (laughs) And it changed me by the next morning. Like I saw my kids differently. She reminded me of the gift that it is to be their mom. We always need that reminder. I am praying that you are encouraged. And good news, Bonnie's giving away a copy to one of the listeners. So stick around to the end of the show to hear how you can win a copy of her book. There's an easier way. Hey, Bonnie, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast.
1: Thank you, Heather. I'm so excited to be talking to you.
0: Okay. I can't wait because I love chatting with moms who have gone before me and
1: yes. <laughs> who can give yes. me wisdom. All yes, the listeners and hope. Are,
0: yeah, and hope and 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 good practical ideas that release the burden. I'm yes. all for all those things and uh, godly moms particularly. So thank you for being on the show. Before we get into it, would you just kind of introduce us quickly to your family or maybe give your backstory? I don't know if Giving your backstory might help us get to know your family.
1: Yes, I'd be happy to. I think it's important. Yeah, if you know a little bit about me. I was raised in a Jewish home in Philadelphia, and I met my husband, well, future husband at Penn State. And shortly before I married my husband, who was a conservative Christian young man, I did accept the Lord as my savior. And so I moved from the huge Philadelphia area, 85 miles away after we graduated college, to his hometown, which is a small Town and we farmed. I moved to a uh, hog farm, which I had never even tasted pork. Being a Jew, <laughs> yeah, I had never had bacon. <laughs> wow! And so I moved from Philadelphia to this tiny town. I miss. I had missed my family. I missed my friends. I missed city life. And that quickly, within five years, we had our first four children, all sons. <laughs> Mm. And in that, yeah, it was hard for me. It was overwhelming. I was physically exhausted. And there's a reason I'm saying all this, because what happened was one of the best things that could have ever happened. It drove me to read the New Testament, which I had never read. And I read it through over and over and over. And I started taking notes, Mm. how I could help my four sons. Well, God was faithful, we had another four children. And during that time, it happened in about 13 years. During those 13 years, I filled up notebooks full of notes as to how God wanted me to raise my family in a Christian home because I wasn't raised in one. Yeah, And through those notes, um, I started realizing I could help other moms. I was now an older woman by now. And so I started to speak at mops groups, mothers of preschoolers. And that's how it sort of evolved to the point it is today. And I have notebooks full of notes, things that worked for me, sort of like a Titus 2 older woman sharing with the younger woman. So that's sort of the background. We have eight children, five sons, and three daughters.
0: Wow. And you said you had the first four sons. Yes. In five years. Five years.
1: years. Yes. God God was faithful.
0: uh, And you didn't have, but you didn't yet have that faith developed. I mean, it was a pretty quick, quick, uh, dip in the deep end of faith. Yes. Yeah. I was
1: one page ahead of my sons in Sunday school. Basically Wow, they were teaching me some of the time.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And I love, uh, that you write the title of your book is there's an easier way (laughs) Yes, because I'm so yes. yeah. I mean, I even think back to those early days with young kids and how much extra I added to it. Yes, and I would just want to take those younger moms and be like, "It's easier than than you're making it. It doesn't have to be." All this extra yeah. on top of it. So, don't and then,
1: yeah, you want to take them by the shoulders and just gently shake them and say, wait, I have some tips for you. Let yeah. me help you through this.
0: Yeah. Let me be the Titanic is what I say.
1: <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> Avoid <laughs> the iceberg ahead. Yes. Go around. Go around. Um, but you you know, to raise your children without regrets. Right. We don't want to yes. end this short time because it really is short with regret on how we did it. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. So tell us some of your like favorite ways you like to talk with people and moms about ways we can raise our children without regrets.
1: All right. Thanks for asking me because I am so passionate about this. I've (laughs) <laughs> I thought I thought about it a lot. And I also I try to do um I try to scope every day on Periscope. And so okay. I hear from women all over the world and they're basically asking the same questions, like how do I stop whining? And how do I enjoy this? And is this motherhood really supposed to be fun? Because it's so hard. Mm. So I've come up with some ways that I think we can mother without regrets. And there's some major points, but they're really not that hard. And if I could just share a couple. The first is But sometimes we tend to compare ourselves with who we think other mothers are. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop that. I think if we understood that the children that call us mom for whatever reason, foster, adoption, whatever kind of way they came into our home to call us mom is God's plan. Mm -hmm. We are the moms that they need. And we are faulty where the Bible says we're like clay pots. So we need to understand we're not going to do it all right. But it's it's okay because we are not to be their savior. We're to point our children to the savior. Mm-hmm. So if we, come, if we just become comfortable in our own skin, that we can do this with God's help, it's huge. And knowing that, they'll, that there are going to be issues that we come up with that are going to be tough, and that's why we have a savior to run to to help us. So I think that's majorly important in not having regrets, that we're not perfect and God never expected us to be.
0: What areas did you struggle in specifically? That, I, uh,
1: that,
0: that you would look to another mom and be like, she gets this right and I'm getting it wrong. And
1: I don't think, yeah. Oh, Heather, you're asking a tough one. And yeah. I can answer right away. Cause I'm so embarrassed And I need to be transparent. I was an angry mom. Yeah. So I yelled out of frustration, out of being overwhelmed. I'm not trying to make an excuse. No, I just, I just was frustrated and I would yell and mm-hmm. I'd look at other moms who seemed so patient, especially all the moms that'd be on focus on the family, <laughs> with that perfect radio voice. <laughs> Focus on the family, mom. Yeah, those moms. I said I'll never be there. Um, but God helped me. It was a was a journey, and I can say now that I don't yell, and I I through God's help, I've overcome that. But that was one of the areas. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And was there anything specific that helped you? I know you said God helped you, but like, was there a? Yeah. Did you have like a a method or a? I I did. I did
1: have a method. I real I could tell when I was getting to that point of being angry. And I understood in my heart and in my mind that yelling at my children was hurting them. Mm. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. And so when I felt myself getting angry, I physically left the room. Mm. If I was in the kitchen, I'd move into another room and I would just quickly pray and I would just explain to the children that mommy was losing her patience and I needed just some time, just a minute, even a minute. So I physically removed myself quickly prayed and came back to the situation. And I think, I think as moms, we understand the last thing we want to do is hurt our children. We just need some help getting there.
0: Mm. And do they like, did they have any memories? Like, well, we knew it was
1: was serious (laughs) when mom left the room. (laughs) Oh, they did. I wish my eight children could be right here with me. They would tell you some funny stories. They knew when I started to back up that they just leave me alone (laughs) until I came forward again. Yeah.
0: Uh, it's interesting. There's another mom I interviewed really early when I started the podcast. Her name is September McCarthy, and she yes. has lots of children. Yeah. yeah. That She said the same thing. She was an angry mom, and she really worked hard uh, through prayer and with God. But her thing, too, was to, to leave the room. So maybe yes. I need to listen to these two wise women. <laughs> and that needs to be one of my methods because, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't want to look back and say if I only no. hadn't. If I only hadn't. And do you see an impact now, like with having older children, do you see a negative impact or did God redeem that? And. In-
1: no, God is the great redeemer. I do see such positive things in my children. Praise the Lord. I only, I call them two sets of children. I had the first four before I realized that I needed to change my ways. And then God gave me a second set of four. And all eight of them are so patient. Mm. They have learned to deal with their anger because they saw me deal with it. And it actually turned into a positive thing. And mm. so God is the great redeemer. And that's yeah. something else I had to learn, too, about being regret-free as a mom, I had to embrace my children for who they were. Mm. I expected some of them to be like mini-me's. I wouldn't have admitted that, but I think it was true. My husband was interested in sports, and why couldn't they be? I'm interested in things outside. Why aren't they interested in camping and hiking? And I had to understand that so I'd look at other moms who would seem so much more accepting. And I finally understood that, you know what? I need to embrace them for who they are. God didn't miss a stitch when he was knitting them together. Mm. They're exactly who they're supposed to be. And I, if I didn't embrace them and be their biggest cheerleader, probably someone in the world would, someone I might not care to be their biggest cheerleader.
0: Mm, that's really good. Yeah. And what you're doing, too, is looking around and you're still comparing, but you're right. learning from the moms that's that you admire.
1: Huge difference. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's certain moms that I admire, and they inspire me to connect or approach my children differently
1: yes, rather than think,
0: guilt yes. me into saying I'm not doing it in the right way.
1: That's yes. right. And God does not want us under condemnation. We do that to ourselves so well. We need to stop that. We are not to walk under condemnation.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, is there an, you said one way was the, um, what did you, wasn't the comparing, yeah. comparing, we don't compare, we don't compare, but if we right. do, it's to learn, not to con- condemn. Right. Yeah.
1: And the second point is, is just to embrace our children, even if they're not exactly, if we sometimes we butt heads with our own children, but we need to embrace them. And even more important than that, the second thing I learned to have regret free motherhood is to base our love on the fact that they are created in God's image and not base any of my love on their performance or lack of it. Mm that's hard. It is hard. Yeah. It's hard. Well, yeah, it's very hard, but we can do it. And it, it becomes easier once we make the determination to do that.
0: Let's talk through an example. So a mom can imagine, you know, I w- yes, yeah.
1: I'll give you an example. Okay. It, it, um, I had um, several of my children were just really honorable and trustworthy and hard workers. And then one of them was just sort of um, dancing to his own music. Mm-hmm. And so I would ask him to do something. And the next thing I'd see he'd be somewhere else, somewhere he wasn't supposed to be. I mean, he wasn't doing anything wrong. He just wasn't quickly obeying or being as obedient as his siblings. And so I was comparing mm-hmm. and constantly comparing. And what I didn't realize was even when I looked at him, he could tell I wasn't mm-hmm. looking at him. My body language was not one of love. Mm-hmm. And what I, I realized after, I don't know if it was several months, it might've even been longer than that, that I was causing him to act up where if I had just loved him, I just needed to train him. I needed to love him and train him to do what I wanted him to do when I thought he should do it and just allow, he was just one of the ones if he saw a cat in trouble, he'd leave his farm chore and go rescue the cat. Yeah. It didn't didn't make him wrong. He was just different than his brothers.
0: Yeah, he was more, so, he was showing some empathy and that's right. kind of like had that he needed to save things and help things. That's and, right.
1: And that son became a nurse. Yeah. And out of all eight of my children, he's the only nurse. And yeah, so high I empathy. Was actually, yeah, yes, yeah. I was actually punishing him with my body language and my tone of voice when I should have been just loving him for who he was and recognizing that God just knit him a little differently than his brothers.
0: Yeah. So that first, you know, you're talking about obedience really when you're saying doing what I want yes. him to do when I want him to do it. And yet he's, you know, showing this high empathy. Did you have to adjust then your expectations? Like are you saying then, okay, well he's not going to do the chore when I want, but he'll still get to the chore and that's okay.
1: That's an excellent question. You are good at this. <laughs> what what I what we actually did was we made my husband and I got together and we made some non-negotiables. We started to realize that if God created him to be like that, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so we made some non-negotiables. And one of them was in our home, we don't hurt things or other people. And that was a basic rule in our home. Mm -hmm. And what that meant was if I asked that particular son to do something and he found a sibling in need or an animal in need, he was actually obeying. He was doing something we wanted him to do. Mm -hmm. He was helping something that was hurt. And that was more important than doing the chore right away. So we have to be careful as moms about our rules and enforcing our rules. We have to be very careful. We have to use our eyes of faith and love and try our best to see our children the way God does. So we made a list of six non-negotiables, and we talked about them often with our children. So they actually felt that they had boundaries, and they actually felt freer to be who they were.
0: I would love for you to share those six non-negotiables in case someone's never been like that idea is so foreign to them to give them ideas so they can brainstorm maybe their own or maybe steal some of
1: yours. (laughs) Oh, oh, they can steal all of mine. I don't know. I, I wrecked, I actually listed them in my new book and I did say, um, be very careful because mine might not be yes. for your family, yes. but I, I can clear, I can um, share them quickly. Should I do that now? Yeah, I'd love to hear okay. that. Yeah. There are six. The one is we don't hurt anyone or anything with our words or our actions, not even included toys. We don't mm. throw toys. We take mm. care of our clothing. We take care of our toys. The second one was in our home, we are thankful in all things. And I have verses from the Bible that went along with all of them that we memorized and talked about. The third point was we were born to be a witness for Jesus at all times. We have a calling, each one of us. The fourth point was that we don't complain or argue. We learn to communicate what we're feeling with love. Mm -hmm. The fifth point was we honor and obey our parents. Mm -hmm. And the sixth and final non-negotiable in our family was we learn to be content in all things. So it covered a
0: lot of life. Yeah, yeah, and and sounds pretty nice. It, it worked very <laughs> like well for us. Like, if we could get that down. So then is this, like, I know you're ongoing, right? So you have kids that are yes. older, and then you have new, new kids have young, to the bunch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So did the older ones help train the younger ones? Is it constant reinforcement because the new ones aren't remembering that we don't hit back and...
1: It is. And and the neat thing about it is it doesn't have to be verbalized. Mm. So they see the older ones, their role models. These non-negotiables became part of the DNA of our children. Mm. It just became who they were. My last name is Griner. And so we just sort of joked about Griners are content and Griners are thankful. And Mm. so the younger ones quickly embrace it, I think, because they want to be a part of a family. So Mm. it helps them become just to feel more part of the family by embracing our six non-negotiables. Okay, on that
0: content and grateful. And you said you had verses, but what did you have little I don't know, uh disciplines or things you did, uh maybe that that maybe you do that you don't even realize you're doing that are just part of your family life to show gratitude and contentment?
1: We actually used positive affirmation for these six non-negotiables. Okay. So when we saw them being content, we really praised them. We Mm. made a big deal about it. We'd even have a party. We would recognize them. I had a little plastic crown for the Mm. guys and a different one for a tiara for the girls. And when we saw them being content or thankful or helpful or really helping someone that was hurting, we actually made a celebration. Mm. So we used more of a positive influence. When they were willfully disobedient, Mm. then we did use... Negative discipline, but most of the time, the positive affirmation worked very well. Mm, see, that just sounds nice. <laughs> Before we got on the call, you were talking about those
0: early years with the four boys and how yes. you felt like your whole day. I mean, tell tell everyone that story about about yes, the day. I will. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Before I had the children, um, I was newly married and newly away from home, and I felt alone in my life. And as I quickly had baby after baby. I felt overwhelmed and I could not find an older woman to help me, to teach me, mm-hmm. to give me tips to raise these younger children. And so I basically found myself when my oldest was five and my youngest was about nine months old. I remember the exact day. I went to bed and I was crying on my pillow. My pillow was wet because mm-hmm. I was thinking during that day, I had spoken to each of the children, each of the four boys, more like barked at them. Did you make your bed? Did you brush your teeth? Mm-hmm. Did you put your plate away? But I remember specifically there were two of the four I had not even hugged or kissed. mm mm-hmm. And I determined that that was not the kind of the kind of life I wanted or the kind of day I wanted. And from that day on, things changed. Mm.
0: I, I read um, Bonnie's book, y'all. I read it in a night because <laughs> I told Bonnie, my husband was on a camp out with one of our sons and uh, a friend of Bonnie's, Kathy McClure, sent it to yes. me. She's great. And she uh, is a listener. Shout out to Kathy. But I was like, well, let me just check this book out. I get, you know, some books. And I, it changed me. Like oh, from, there the was Lord. a Heather before the book and a Heather after the book to the point where my husband came back and he was responding. He was like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like our relationship was better because I oh, was better. Wow. I woke up and saw my children differently. Like, yes. it, you reminded me I need to see my children. Yes, it's not a get them out of the way right. so I can do what I need to do. It was see my children, and that a- awareness you had in that night with the tears on your pillow, um, it 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 was like where I was, and to then have you uh, cast out a vision of what could be. I mean, I remember right. back when my kids were really little, I did do the one on one time 10 minutes I called it mommy Uh time right we did it in the morning we did it you know after nap time but then it's kind of gone away and because I have the four boys they play with each other and so I kind of stepped out of the picture
1: it's easy to do we've all done that
0: yeah so it was really helpful to me so talk to us a little bit about that one-on-one connecting time
1: Yeah. After that night, I decided that in order to spend time with each of the children, something had to change. I mean, the laundry wasn't going to do itself. At five five years old, I didn't really have a helper helper. Mm -hmm. I still had to cook meals. I still had to do everything around the house and even help with the farm. However... If I attached my snuggle time and one-on-one time before meals, we rarely forgot to eat. Four little boys do not forget to eat. <laughs> so before breakfast and before lunch and before before supper, I had private time with each of the boys. And mm-hmm. not only that, we took them the day of the month that they were born. So Ben was born on December the 15th. So the 15th of every month, Ben had one-on-one time with either me or his father. And that mm. could be just a trip to the local grocery store, or to the ice cream store, or just a walk around our neighborhood. And that it sounds silly that it's just 12 times a year, but that is so been smart. Huge. <laughs> yeah. So smart. Cause yeah. I feel like it's so random in our house. Yes. Like, it is oh, we we get an
0: yeah, outing here, maybe here. Well, I haven't had yes. a date with you mommy in a long time and I can't keep track of when was right. So that's so smart. So smart. Although I have two twenty seconds. <laughs> we had to go the first the month, I don't know I don't know maybe yeah. one's in February we'll do the second You'll figure out a way, <laughs> yeah, yes. we'll figure out a way that's so smart, yes, yeah. I love that. I'd love that so then you did you did meal times and then uh-huh. their their date of their birth. Right. And I,
1: right. And I forced myself, I was not into games. I just didn't like playing all the children's games, but I forced myself to play with all of the children twice a day. And again, I attached it once was right after lunch and was right. One was just before supper. I changed the rules of the game because I didn't like playing with them. So shoots and ladders, even the shoots went up. Candyland. I took out the bad cards, and nobody went back to the chocolate chip cookie. So there's things you can do to stay sane and still play with your children. Yes,
0: yes, yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I love that. Okay, so how late did you like? How long into did you do that? How old were they when you?
1: You still do that? With them. We do. We still do that. We still do that. We still take them out. Not as often um, yeah. because they're busy and in college and I'm not going to drive to the college. <laughs> but I'll send a card or I'll call. And then over the summer, if they're at college, we'll still do that. It's it's great. It's become just one of the favorite things they remember about their childhood. That's
0: so amazing. It's so amazing. And then you don't have regret because you Correct. When you get on that pillow at the end of the day, right. you're like, but I did. I hugged them. I spent time with them.
1: And we hear their heart. I yeah. think moms can hear their heart while they're hugging and talking to their child one-on-one, even if it's five minutes, eye to eye.
0: Mm, mm. I, yeah. You did mention, you said, ask age related questions and questions that expose the heart. Yes, what were some hurt. of those questions that you would ask?
1: Is there anything that I can do for you as your mom today? Mm. Or is there anything that I've done that has hurt you because I really don't ever want to do that? Mm. Or is there anything I can do with you? tomorrow? Can we plan something? Is there something you've wanted to do? Mm. Questions like that. And you can really hear, and if they're hurt, that'll come out. If they're excited, you'll know just what they're excited about other other than that. I wouldn't know. I'd be guessing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What you think is right. What they want. Huge, huge. Okay. Any, what did you have a third way or was the one-on-one the third way?
1: Uh, no, the, the third way was um, what I did was I I have a system. I don't know if I've invented it or made it up, but it works for me. It's called goaling backwards. So G-O-A-L, goaling backwards. So I think about my child and really when they were a newborn and I think ahead, okay, in 18 or 20 years, how do I want someone to describe this particular child? What adjectives would I want them to use? Mm. And if it was kind or humble or obedient, and I'd ask God to sort of, you know, Is that that really this child or are there other words I should be thinking about? And so over the next few years, I would just be cognizant of the fact that there are certain abilities and giftings that this child might have that another child doesn't have. And in that case, I would try to affirm them in those. So my son that was a nurse, every time he showed or that became a nurse, when he was so empathetic and so sweet. I would affirm him and say, you know, this is a God given gift that you have. Let's mm. explore it. Mm. So I gold, I tried to do my best to go backwards with each of the children. Cause I knew that they each had a different calling.
0: Mm. Love that. Yeah. I've, I've heard the phrase cast a vision, but you're doing it the other, the other way you're seeing, <sighs> you're seeing the vision to. and working backwards. Trying
1: yeah. to. Yes.
0: Yeah. Huge. And so what are like with the four boys, what are different? I'm sure they're all different, right? Every gender,
1: (laughs) even within a gender, there's variety. That's right. It's hard to believe they're from the same parents. Yeah. Um, We have like a typical, I don't know if it's typical. It's sort of an all American family. Our oldest is a farmer and our second oldest is a drummer with a heavy metal Christian rock band. You can't understand anything. <laughs> he screams and plays, <laughs> travels all over the world. He was nominated for a Grammy wow. the hog farm and our third son is the nurse and the fourth son is in college to become um, something in the medical profession. So yeah, they're all different. The girls are all different. Yeah. And our last one was a son and he's different too. I love that about God. I love how he knits them together.
0: Well, and that you can see the uniqueness in each of them that yes. you're pointing that out. And that, then that comes from spending that one-on-one time with them to see how they play the game differently or how they yes. they problem solve differently from one another. Um, it's, it's their superpowers is what we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. I, I would like for you to talk a little bit about finding the humor. In your day, because that also struck a chord because I was just feeling, especially in May, I'm just feeling really like the stress and the added schedules. You're just feeling very like not fun. <laughs> like Just get to the next thing. Get to the next thing.
1: Go, you mean go, go. a little mundane, Heather? Well, a little, a little mundane, mundane and a little
0: weighed down with all the be here, do that's of May, you know, just yes. the full schedule.
1: Yes. And I think we have to be careful with scheduling, but that's another issue. Yeah, yeah we really yeah. do have to find the humor. I mean, really think about it. I There are there are times when our children are childish and we get upset with that. Really? Mm. Like, what are we thinking? Our children <laughs> are going to be childish. It's just the way it is. And hopefully as they get older each year, there's less childish things. But look at ourselves. Look what we've done. Mm-hmm. So we really do try to look at it. We try to look at the humor in every situation. So the whole spilled milk the whole there's no oops supper, I was supposed to make supper, or how am I supposed to get four different children, four different places at the same time? And so we learn to laugh. We really do. We make it a point. We just have sort of a phrase, come on guys, let's see the humor. So we try to take things lightly. And I think another part of that, and again, I don't I'm not telling anyone to get busier. Is we are involved in some um, community impact groups, so my children can see that the world does not revolve around them. So we we are involved with the elderly and some other groups with veterans. And when your children are exposed to people that have less than they do and live in a situation that's a lot different than they live, um, life becomes better. Life you look at life differently. Not everything's as serious. Okay, so mom forgot to wash wash your baseball outfit. So what? So you go dirty. Just you know slide into base more often. Nobody will tell. <laughs> So I think that helps also. Yeah.
0: I think that that helps with your non-negotiables too of gratitude and and contentment when you see, when you see, not that, not that you're comparing again, but there is a little bit of awareness and perspective. It's huge with a child. Yeah. 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 That's really good. And, um, could you talk a little bit too under that section you wrote about trying too hard to be a better mom can take away our, our joy and humor. Tell it me about can. That. yeah.
1: Yeah. I was so busy comparing myself with the other moms in my Sunday school class at church, for instance, or with the mops group that I was attending, that I was trying to be a person that I wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: going to be the mom that makes these three course meals and and has all of her children get up on chairs with aprons and <laughs> and help her cook because it would drive me crazy. I couldn't stand the mess. I was so tired of eating eggshells. I was trying to force myself to be the mom that I thought other moms were. And I was losing the joy in my own life. We can't forget who we are. Mm -hmm. And if we have characteristics that other moms don't have, and it's the way we were knit together. And God did not make a mistake when he knit us together either and so my interest was outside my degrees in landscaping so i took the children outside and we dug for worms and we had bug collections and we did things that i wanted to do and i was really happy in that part of my life and the children could sense that once i stopped comparing myself i live in a culture here where everyone makes their own bread from scratch and makes their own yogurt from scratch and there's nothing wrong with that but it's not me
0: yeah and it was
1: robbing me of my joy. So I made a list of all the things that I found fun and the children and I would discuss them and we would just sort of vote on what we wanted to do that day, just a couple times a day, just some fun things. And then we became happier because mom was happier.
0: Because you're not trying to fit into a mold that you weren't made for, right? This—that's
1: right. I, yeah. There are things I tried. I—I I mean, there were some things I think are important. In other words, my patience and lack of anger. There were there were char- godly characteristics I needed to grow into. But as far as who I was as a person, I was striving so hard to be someone else.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that.
1: Oh man.
0: Bonnie, anything else that you want to
1: add before we – I mean, so good. I feel like we've just, like, so much goodness in this episode. No, thank you. Heather, I really appreciate this. It's an honor to talk to you. It really is. And I appreciate how much you're doing for moms because we need each other. And I appreciate the time that you put into this. I really do. It makes a difference. And I well, want to
0: thank you. You're very sweet. I'm I'm just I'm just thrilled that I get to ask the questions and <laughs> learn from you. And now I'm going to try the walking out of the room when I'm when I'm feeling angry. Try it. Um, okay. where can people find you online if they want to keep following you and and learn more from you?
1: they can find me at mombyexample.com but i think um, i think even better than that is my facebook page which is bonnie griner because every day at 3 i do have a facebook live segment that seems to really be helping young moms that's
0: awesome i love that yeah facebook live the new the right. new scope, the right? New scope, Are you moving yes. over? Are you moving over from Periscope?
1: I really miss Periscope. In fact, today I think I will be doing a Periscope instead. But I always put it right on my Facebook page, so either way, they'll see it on the Bonnie Griner Facebook
0: page. Okay, well, I'll put a link to all that in the show notes. Okay. But I, uh, I know that my listeners, young moms, I even have grandmas that listen, uh, that they all appreciate your vulnerability and sharing your hard things, but also what's worked for your family and. Uh, just that positive spin. What do we? What do we want at the end of this? So, yes. Thank you so much, Bonnie. Oh, I really you, appreciate Heather. you. All it right. was nice
1: talking to you. Yes. yes.
0: Bye bye. Bye bye. Are you inspired? Overwhelmed? I hope inspired is your answer. Uh, I'll tell you the things that I've taken away and I've tried to apply with my boys this week. So one is repeating the non-negotiables, and I'll tell you a. Bad thing to do <laughs> is what I tried the first day, which is just keep repeating them. Like, you should just do this. You should just do this. You should be kind. We don't hit each other. Instead of, like Bonnie had said, if I have listened more carefully, recognizing when they did follow through and do one of the non-negotiables and reward them positively, either with a celebration, like she said, with the crowns and the tiaras, or just verbally recognizing their success in that. I have seen that to do uh, more, have a bigger impact, a more lasting impact than my negative cycle of telling them all the times they weren't being grateful and thankful and showing contentment and being kind. So that was one tip. The other tip is uh, the one-on-one time. So I used to do this when they were little and it was a lot easier. I'm having a hard time implementing it I think we're just going and going and going and also they're just happy to be playing together so I will one give you a tip if you have young kids what back when I used to do the one-on-one time I called it mommy time I had like a little jar with all their names on them and so before we started mommy time we would pick out names and decide what order they went in so the kids knew it was random who went first who was second who was third the other was uh You might have to turn on a TV show or get the other kids going depending on the ages of the kids. Get them involved in another activity so that you can have one-on-one time uh, with the other. But the deal for us was if you interrupted your siblings one-on-one time, you actually lost minutes from your own or theirs was extended. That it was actually robbing them of time with me if you came in and joined the game or uh you know did something on purpose to disrupt that time so then it helped them respect each other's one-on-one time so that they didn't uh miss you know miss out on that time with me so those are my tips for implementing what Bonnie said if you are interested in winning a copy of Bonnie's book there's an easier way you I'm going to post the giveaway on Instagram sometime this week and so just find that post and it'll have instructions on how to enter to win that copy thank you again for all your encouragement y'all I know I mentioned at the very end of the show last week and I'm amazed that y'all listened to the very end that I thought about quitting and y'all are so I mean that was not a plea for everyone to encourage me and I know you know that and I but I thank you that um, you have been encouraging and you've been super sweet and I'm not quitting anytime soon so there will be weekly podcasts I've already got interviews all lined up and I'm super excited. Sean Equist is coming back on. So lots of good stuff for you to listen to while you're sitting by the pool this summer if you've missed out on past episodes. And uh, I can't remember what my and was. I don't even know. But I really do thank you for listening. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, reviews. Somebody has been asking me. I mentioned all the reviews last week, but then I didn't really say how you can leave a review. If you're curious how to leave one, go to godcentermom.com. Uh, backslash review. And there's directions there. It's basically through the iTunes podcast app. But y'all have a great week. We're almost done with the school year if you aren't already. So we can do this into the finish line. And I hope Bonnie's examples for me, I'm really it's a goal for my summer. I think it's going to help me kind of shape my summer to enjoy the time I do have with these boys. All right. Have a great day. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with He, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping Him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and He is pleased.